0: Welcome everyone to a new episode of the Transcript Podcast. You've got Mace got Chrysalov, I'm editor of the Transcript, along with Eric McKay, who's our lead author. We sent out a new issue of the newsletter yesterday. It was our first one in a couple of weeks because we took Memorial Day off. So there were a lot of quotes in there over the last two weeks the most provocative quote of the week was from jamie diamond who was talking about basically giving a hurricane warning to the economy saying that things look sunny right now but there's clearly some storm clouds gathering that are hurricane strength off the coast so to speak and that the hurricane can be may blow through the economy and so i think this is what we picked up in other quotes not just beside not just jamie diamond i think people who are focused on financial capital markets. So the financial sector is very concerned right now about the storm clouds that are brewing, but people who are more focused on the real economy, especially consumer spending are seeing that the signals are still very positive. So consumers are still spending very rapidly, very strong spending from consumers, but financial capital markets are weak. And in particular venture capitalists seem to be some of the most negative of anybody that we're seeing commentary anywhere. Eric, any thoughts on any of that?
1: Uh, actually, mine is more a curious question. How do you reconcile that? Because uh, one part of the, the earnings scores that we read last week, some are extremely negative and especially you are in consumer, especially the financial market aspects of it. Or at least any social media, like Snap and Snapchat. So I think those ones are a bit negative in terms of macroeconomic conditions worsening for them. But then there are other aspects of uh, where they're doing quite well, especially in consumer spend. I'm actually very surprised that it's still holding up very strong this far into, 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 the, into the inflation uh, season that you're having right now. So I think a couple of, I think three quotes there from Visa, MasterCard, and Bank of America all saying that Consumer spend is strong throughout the month of May. Uh, anyway, you can reconcile those in terms of there's a hurricane approaching, but then right now, seems, things seems to be a little bit calm, especially in the consumer aspect of it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think Diamond himself, basically, his analogy was apt in that the data that you're seeing coincidentally looks sunny, but the storm clouds are off the coast and they're coming through. And I think from an economic perspective, where that usually plays out is this is just, leading versus lagging indicators capital markets are historically the most forward-looking part of the economy they're the ones who are forecasting what's coming down uh in the not too distant future and capital markets are sending a very clear signal about potential recession here and so it's the storm isn't completely blowing through yet but i think the people who are watching the leading indicators are most concerned The the flip side to me on this, though, where we may be able to avoid recession is that the Federal Reserve, I mean, the the inflation data that we've been tracking, which is really the reason behind this, the Federal Reserve tightening, obviously, there's at the margins is starting to get a little bit better. So we did pick up a big thing was that supply chains are starting to heal. Inventories are starting to get better. Also, the fact that you are seeing China open back up, these are things that, uh, should help the supply chain, should help the negative pressure on inflation. And this may allow the Fed to step back from tightening quite as much as it had been. That said, last week, there were quotes from the Federal Reserve saying that they're not ready to to step back from tightening. The political pressure on the Fed is very clear at this point. This is, we're going through midterm elections in the United States, and inflation is the number one issue that people are voting based off of. And so the politicians are talking about inflation. The Fed is feeling that and so it, it'll be pretty difficult for the fed to change course probably through the fall, as long as we have those elections going on. And so that, that is just one more element of the storm clouds though. And the fed happens to be the biggest driver of cost of capital, therefore direction of securities markets generally.
1: The only problem though, is that this past week or so in general, came out and said that they they made a mistake. At least they were not. I think they say they were wrong about the path that the inflation would take. I still keep wondering you whether know, the 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 Fed should really be subscribers to the transcript to the end of the day, and so that they can they can be more data driven than they that they say, claim to be. Because these are things that you're highlighting from very early on. And it does dent a little bit of their credibility. And I think it's hard-edge uh, CEO uh, Gary Friedman was talking about like what took them so long. Like clearly, did you have to wait until 8.5% for you to actually say like we're wrong? So there have been steps along the way that they missed out. on. so I, I really do hope whoever is listening and is close to the Fed can tell them to subscribe as much as possible. <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean, I, I think our data is supporting that the Fed probably could get to a more neutral rhetoric, they're in a pretty tight rhetoric position right now. Obviously the rate itself is very far from neutral. It's extremely accommodative, but they could potentially go to a more neutral rhetoric still, they just produced so much extra liquidity during the pandemic and have stimulated so much interest rates still so low for the past 15 years that there's still a lot of inflationary pressure in the economy. So. It's a tough job. Everybody's saying it's a tough job. They have not made it easier on themselves. That's for sure.
1: If you think the Fed has a tough job, you should see what the ECB is up to. They have like a tougher job because inflation is running into the 10s uh, and, and 20s in some of the countries in Europe. And the problem, the difference between here and the U.S. is that uh, it's hard to coordinate the actions of the central banks across Europe. And I think it's was... Hind Celestia Group CEO that says that the European consumer is much more stressed about, about inflation. Europe is very close to Ukraine and Russia, where all these kind of triggers of some of the inflationary aspects that we're seeing are uh, come from. So I think that's something that we should pay attention to. Uh, but something I came across, Microsoft uh, reporting that the strong USD is actually impacting earnings. And it's very rare for Microsoft to actually, it's one of the companies that you people very closely watch in the earnings season, the demand is okay. The aspect of it that they're almost worried about is the USD. And the second thing of course was about that issues volumes are very weak, very, very weak, I think for SNP also to come across and uh, SSB group would actually come across and say that May is usually the strongest month or at least an indicator of the rest of the year and May was really bad. Uh, So I think they're expecting a really bad year going forward. And of course, Jamie Dimon, yeah, was not missing his words about the provisions aspect of it, especially in tough times and releasing and I mean, the accounting aspect of it. So that was a bit of uh, an interesting quote. Any thoughts on any of those uh, aspects?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think the the strong dollar aspect will certainly be a hit to earnings for the index. In general, I've never seen that really translate through to significant change in, in securities prices. You know, re- usually, usually investors tend to look through that sort of thing. Uh, but it is noteworthy and could contribute to some missed missed earnings results next quarter as we're looking at it. It also, though, is, should be noted, a another like marginal headwind to inflation. So mm-hmm. um I think two quotes that stood out to me for the week were both said end of the era. One was for the VC's end of the era of unprofitable growth. And people thinking this was from Sequoia talking about how companies need to focus on cash flows in the near term. And then the other was the end of the era for the housing frenzy that we had seen throughout the pandemic. And this one is a really interesting one just because it's again, as we've been tracking this long arcing cycle, especially of housing, it was such a hot place in the pandemic. And we're we're really starting to to put some distance between where we are now and where the pandemic mindset was and so especially as interest rates are rising you're having headwinds on the mortgage side in terms of uh, affordability of housing you're seeing you're kind of closing a chapter on the economy there but you still have a very low amount of inventory and so home prices have
1: some support on that side so for me though to maybe to finish up the uh, the week i would i would, I would really add anyone who has time to really um listen to the youtube CEO, Sus- Susan uh, Woziski. I don't, can't pronounce her second name very well, but she had a really long talk. It's very, I've never really heard like the story of YouTube from the very beginning. And one of the quotes I put out was about her talking about how Mark Cuban responded to the first time they were making the proposition to buy YouTube. Uh, she made the proposition to Google to buy YouTube for I think one point, is it 1.26 billion or something? And then the response from Mark Cuban was uh, back then that uh, only a moron would only Moron would buy YouTube, and so I posted this on on Twitter, and surprisingly, Mark Cuban himself responded to the tweet, and it was pretty interesting. So I think it was it was really interesting, like to see uh, Mark Cuban respond to a small tweet <laughs> from the transcripts. <drug> <laughs> it seems like he touched a, a bit of a row now somewhere. What were you thinking back then when YouTube when Google uh, bought YouTube? Uh,
0: I wish I could say that I saw the potential for YouTube to grow into what YouTube has become. And obviously that has been very wrong. Uh, YouTube is one of the most incredible businesses on its, in its own right that exists in the country today. And you know, the foresight that it took Google to purchase YouTube and the fact that Google has not only number one in search, but then also YouTube is something just as like unfathomably great about the company to me, but the assets of that company really are, are spectacular. So yeah, it's, it's funny to see Mark Cuban get called out for that. I think that there's a lot of, a lot of things that a lot of people say that probably don't age so well. Yeah. And we live in an era where the internet can remind us of all the dumb things that we said at any given point in our lives. So Mark, yeah. thanks for being gracious, but don't take it too personally, hopefully.
1: <laughs> I hope so too, but it's a great interview all in all. I mean, one of the things that YouTube is trying to do is actually they're trying to tone it down, by actually I think the end product is Actually, is trying to, to compete with Amazon and that's a, it's a very interesting aspect because I, I've never known Google to have ambitions in terms of moving into the retail business, but I mean, they have the they have the capacity, they have the data, and they can easily like uh, compete with Amazon if they wanted. Uh, so perhaps could be. I mean, it's incredible growth though from uh, spending one point seven billion dollars in, in acquiring it and now generating around, it's uh, five six uh, around seven billion dollars in revenues per quarter. So it's like, it's an incredible piece of business, uh, so to speak. So we can all get it wrong sometimes. Uh, So thanks Mark for also responding to that. Uh, So I think we'll finish up there for this week. Thank you for joining us this week for the Transcript podcast and uh, continue being a subscriber and supporting our content.